it's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash grad admissions. Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and miniskirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. Learning how to complain effectively is a great life skill because it's not something that's going anywhere. So Mm -hmm. I encourage people to first really identify what is the problem? What Mm -hmm. am I complaining about? And then from there, figure out what do I want to change here? What do I want to happen? Mm -hmm. And who can help me get to that end goal? And that might mean just I want to vent and I want to be listened to and I want to feel heard. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to call my mom. It might mean I'm complaining about, you know, the temperature of my food at the restaurant. So if I just complain about that to my friend, nothing's really going to happen. Mm-hmm. I need to tell the waiter mm-hmm. so I can get that problem fixed. Right. And instead of trying to necessarily stop complaining or complaining less, I think effective complaining is much more useful. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Hey, Whitney, welcome to She. Hi, thank you for having me. Yes, so happy to have you here. I am really looking forward to this conversation for many reasons. I think this is a topic that has been thrown around on the internet a lot, but I don't think we have a very good understanding of it. But before we dig into all the questions I have regarding toxic positivity and this phrase that I think we hear a lot but don't really fully understand, I would love if you can tell us about the work that you do and why you wrote a book on this topic. Sure. So I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. I work with adults primarily that are struggling with their family relationship or with their relationship with themselves. And I wrote a book about toxic positivity because it was a phenomenon that I saw impacting my clients and Mm. the people around me in such a way that I felt like we needed to open up the conversation and talk about it Mm. off of social media in a much more in-depth way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really important because it is a a phrase, a I don't know if the phrase is the right word, a term maybe is the better way to say it, that we hear, I think, on social media a lot. It's kind of this thing that we're somewhat familiar with, but I don't even know if we fully know how to recognize it or, you know, it's just kind of like, I think, become a trendy word without us really knowing what it is. So I'd love if we can dig into this topic a little bit. From your perspective and from what you teach, what is toxic positivity and what is it not? Toxic positivity is really the unrelenting pressure to be happy or Mm. put a positive spin on it anything, no matter what the circumstances. Mm. I like to clarify that we can be optimistic Mm -hmm. without engaging in toxic positivity. We can be hopeful Mm. without using toxic positivity. Mm -hmm. It's more of a pressure or something that we're forcing on people Mm -hmm. when they're not in a place to feel that or when it's not optimal to feel Mm -hmm. that. 
Yeah. I think that's a really important differentiation because I think when we hear this idea of toxic positivity, it can make us like, we don't want to be toxically positive, right? So it can suddenly turn Mm -hmm. into like, well, I'm in a hard situation. I'm trying to be optimistic about it. Am I being toxic, right? Like it can just be really confusing. So I think that differentiation of like, Having this pressure to be positive no matter what at all times because and and I wonder and I'd be curious if your thought is what your thought is on this but do you think that certain personality types or you know people who maybe have always kind of been a high performer or a high achiever do you feel like they feel that pressure more like if they're kind of like the leader in their in their family or you know the oldest child or the or is it just could this can happen to anybody because I am curious like are there certain people who may feel more pressure to you know, be the strong one and be the positive one and, you know, encourage everybody else when their world's falling apart even, or when they're going through something really hard. I'm curious what you've observed and if there's certain tendencies or if there's like a certain kind of pressure, certain type of people put on themselves, or if it's just like, it can happen across the board. A pattern that I've noticed that a lot of times this starts at home. Mm. So especially in families where there is a pressure to always put a positive spin on things, to always look at things from the bright side. Mm. And there are families where Talking about hard things or talking about feelings is considered to be negativity. Mm-hmm. Particularly, I think in in certain cultures, religions, there is this belief of like you need to speak out what you want, and if you speak about anything negative, you're going to get mm-hmm. bad things mm-hmm. back. And so, I think some people grow up even being fearful mm-hmm. of engaging with like the dark side, mm-hmm. and we see that get perpetuated in the workplace you know, when people have their own children in schools, like in healthcare, we really see this everywhere when we look a little bit deeper. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. So kind of in that same vein of what you were just saying, when we silence negativity with positivity, even if it's a a circumstance that would be appropriate to feel a little bit negative or process hard feelings or discuss things that aren't comfortable or happy all the time, what problems do we create in doing that? And why does positivity not always work? When we try to suppress any of our quote unquote negative feelings with positivity, we end up making ourselves feel a lot worse because what we can see from the research is that suppressing any emotions causes them to intensify and makes us feel them even Mm. stronger down the road. And they're going to come out in some of these weird ways, even if it's like physical pain or drinking Mm. more disruptions in your sleep, issues like that. We're also inhibiting connection. So if I feel like I'm the only one that feels this way, I shouldn't be feeling this way. It's wrong. I'm not going to share it with other people. Mm -hmm. And I'm never going to go back and talk to that person that told me like, hey, just look on the bright side. It'll Mm -hmm. all be fine Mm -hmm. when I try to bring up my grief or Mm -hmm. my pain. Yeah. Yeah. I think that the inhibiting connection is so huge. I think we all have been probably on the receiving end of somebody you know, trying to be positive or encouraging or comforting, but really almost when you do that, it can feel like you're invalidating someone's pain or challenge or struggle or whatever they may be trying to open up about. And it really kind of can discourage you from going back to that person, you know, for listening or support or anything, because you're like, well, they're not going to understand anyway, right? Yeah, that's really powerful. In addition to your own client stories and real life examples, you share research that reinforces how toxic positivity can be. So what does data say about like how toxic positivity can actually be harmful in terms of our behaviors, the way that we like, like our lifestyles, our habits, like you mentioned this, and I wanted to dig into that a little bit more because you mentioned research. And I think that that's really interesting. 
Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of the research has been on emotional suppression and how that negatively impacts us. And that's what I was referring to earlier in our conversation is this idea that we can't make bad feelings go away. Mm -hmm. And there really are no bad feelings. A lot of us are uncomfortable with different types of feelings simply because we don't know how to manage them. Mm. And so that's something else we see reflected in the research is that if a feeling is not known to me, I don't have a name for it. Mm -hmm. I don't know what to do with it. That makes it even scarier. Mm -hmm. And that makes me want to push it away, which is why a lot of people struggle with like panic attacks or anxiety. It's like, oh, what is this feeling? It's scary. Mm -hmm. But if I know when I start feeling a stomach ache and fluttering in my heart, I can say, oh, that's anxiety. Mm -hmm. When I feel anxiety, I know that I need to go take a shower, call a friend, whatever it is. We're, We're more likely to deal with it in a good, effective way and not get so overwhelmed by it. Mm -hmm. The problem arises when people try to say, I shouldn't be feeling anxious. I need to just look on the bright side. I need to get through this feeling, get Mm -hmm. over it, that it just intensifies more and more. Yeah. Yeah. So true. Okay. Something else I'm curious about is how we could do a better job of recognizing if our positivity is becoming toxic. Because you made that really good differentiation in the beginning, but I'm curious, how do we recognize that in ourselves? Toxic positivity is inherently dismissive. It denies what someone is feeling Mm -hmm. and it tells them that they shouldn't be feeling that way. And people need to look out for this with when they're speaking to themselves Mm -hmm. and when they're speaking to other people. So if your positivity is maybe encouraging or you're pointing out something that you want the other person to notice, that might be different. But I always tell people like, start off just by being curious, Mm. right? Don't start off by telling someone how to feel because in that case, it could probably come off as dismissive or Mm. as toxic positivity. Mm. That's so good. It's so simple, but yeah, that was kind of even touching on what I mentioned before of how when you do that, it comes across, like when you respond with toxic positivity to someone who's expressing or opening up about their struggle or their pain, it does feel dismissive. It feels invalidating. So that's really good kind of in that same line of conversation, how can we do a better job of supporting someone without toxic positivity? And what are the three things we can say to someone in crisis that you have shared about? So the first thing is to seek understanding, really just getting to know what the person is feeling, what they're going through. I think validation then is extremely powerful Mm -hmm. and you don't have to agree with them. Some examples would just be like, that sounds really hard. Mm -hmm. I can see why you would be upset about that. Mm I'm here for you. I want to listen whenever you're ready to talk Mm -hmm. and really just meeting people where they're at. I think toxic positivity tries to drag somebody into like rainbows and and flowers before they're ready. Mm -hmm. You can also say to someone, toxic positivity is pretending that you have all the answers, Mm -hmm. right? So instead it's okay to say like, I'm, I'm not sure what to say to you right now. Like, I know this is hard and I can't fix it. Mm -hmm. I want you to know that I'm just going to be here for you and and we'll figure this out together. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Did you see my new book, Embrace Your Almost, is officially out in the world and I can't believe it's available to you anywhere books are sold. You can grab it from Amazon or Target or Barnes & Noble or Books A Million. There's some special editions out there too. Target has an exclusive edition. Barnes & Noble and Books A Million both have signed editions. 
And you can also get it at local independent bookstores. Anywhere books are sold, you should be able to find it. So if you are walking through a season of unmet expectations or disappointment or broken dreams or waiting or uncertainty, this book will bless your life. If you are not in one of those seasons, but you're just not entirely sure what's next for you, this book will bless your life. And if you have a loved one or a friend or a sister who's walking through a season like that, who's dealing with unmet expectations or broken dreams or uncertainty or waiting, this book will be such a great gift for her or something to pass on to her. So if that sounds like something you need or something a loved one in your life needs, grab a copy. Grab a copy from Amazon. Grab a copy from Barnes & Noble, from Target, from anywhere books are sold. I cannot wait to hear what you think. And I cannot wait to not only get this message in your hands, but also for you to pass on this message and share it because I believe it's more than a message. It's a movement. So as you listen, as you go about your day, I would love for you to put it in order, grab a copy and start reading as soon as it arrives at your door. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could, would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Cause we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Becoming your strongest financial self? Good plan. Northwestern Mutual's Guide to Good Financial Planning can help you balance spending and saving, set goals, and start creating the life you want to be living. Get it today at NorthwesternMutual.com slash good plan. The Northwestern Mutual Life Insurance Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. With two little kids, I do most of my shopping online now, but it can be so hard to shop for things like clothes online because I never know if I'm getting good quality until it arrives. The game changer? Upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Quince has so many options to choose from, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. One of my favorite items from Quince is the silk pajamas I got. They are so high quality, luxury pajamas, but not at a luxury price tag. And I just feel like they don't even compare to some of the other pajamas that I have bought online or that I've bought um, just at various different stores. And like, these are incredible. Indulge in affordable luxury by going to quince.com slash she for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash she to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash she. Thrive Market is a go-to for all your grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you can use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. And when you shop Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one for one membership matching program. You join and they give. I use Thrive Market every single month. I get our dish detergent, dish soap, and various other just basic household essentials that are low-tox and non-tox ingredients. And it is the easiest way to get all of my favorite clean items sent right to my door. 
at an affordable price, I should add. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she. Thrivemarket.com slash she. Okay, so something else I wanted to ask about is the idea of feeling our feelings, because sometimes it is important for us to just feel what we're feeling, right? You talked about the problem with suppression, but how can we do a better job of processing our emotions, especially when we do experience those negative emotions and we're not sure what to do with them? I like to clarify the feel your feelings rhetoric, Mm because I think that's been all over social media lately. Mm -hmm. And when therapists talk about feeling your feelings, it doesn't mean that you should be doing that all the time, Mm -hmm. everywhere with everyone, because that wouldn't be productive and you'll probably get hurt. So it's really important to figure out what feelings do I struggle feeling? Who are the people around me that I can do that with? Um, What are some tools and skills that I have access to? And how can I safely create ways in my life that throughout the day, Mm -hmm. I can check in with how I'm feeling? and move through those difficult emotions instead of suppressing them until it's like I snap Mm -hmm. and I don't know what to do with all of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really thankful that you clarified that because that you're so right. This idea of like feel your feelings is all over similar to the, to the term toxic positivity. And I don't think we actually really understand like, what does that actually mean? How is it applied in life? How can I be aware of it? How can I navigate this well? (laughs) So yeah, I I think you're right. I think when we just have this like across the board permission slip to feel our feelings, we can start drowning in our feelings. Would you agree? Absolutely. And it's, again, it's not productive and it's not what we're talking about when we're talking about feeling or feelings. Yeah. It's almost like there's two ends of a spectrum. Like as we've been talking, I'm like, I feel like there's the one end of the spectrum that's like toxic positivity, which is dismissive, fully like suppress the negative, don't touch on it. And then there's the like feel your feelings world where it's like you kind of get stuck in the negative emotion. And there has to be this happy medium where you can kind of toggle between optimism and also healthily feeling the feelings in a way that's productive. Would you agree with that? Yes. And I think that's where we go into radical acceptance, which Mm -hmm. is something I talk about in the book, where you can hold at the same time space for reality of Mm -hmm. what is going on right now and hope that things will be dynamic and change in Mm -hmm. the future. Yeah, that's so good. Okay. So something else that I think is relevant to this conversation is the reality that Sometimes I think we tend to lean into positivity or optimism because we don't want someone, we don't want to be someone who's always seen as negative or always seen as the, you know, one that's complaining. But I'm curious, what would you say is a better way to complain effectively or to vent or work through our emotions without being toxically positive or negative? Learning how to complain effectively is a great life skill because it's not something that's going anywhere. So Mm -hmm. I encourage people to first really identify what is the problem? What Mm -hmm. am I complaining about? And then from there, figure out what do I want to change here? What do I want to happen? Mm -hmm. And who can help me get to that end goal? And that might mean just I want to vent and I want to be listened to and I want to feel heard. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to call my mom. It might mean I'm complaining about, you know, the temperature of my food at the restaurant. So if I just complain about that to my friend, nothing's really going to happen. I need mm-hmm. to tell the waiter mm-hmm. so I can get that problem 
fix. Right. And instead of trying to necessarily stop complaining or complaining less, I think effective complaining is much more useful. Yeah. That's a really good example. The food, the food example. I actually really love that because no, it's true because I think sometimes when you, you can apply that so broadly, right? Like so often we complain to people who have absolutely nothing to do with it, can't help solve it and really don't have any type of solution for us. And so that's, I think when we get stuck in this cycle of complaining and I am curious though, so for complaining effectively, meaning we are expressing our frustration or problem to someone who can actually offer a solution, such as in that example, a waiter, how does that translate or where does venting, like does venting have a space when it comes to like, okay, I've just gone through something really hard at work and I just need to call my friend and talk to her about it. How, how do you do that well without just like dumping on someone who can't really help solve the problem or do much about it? Yeah, venting, I think, can be useful for people when they know that that's what's going on Mm. and the other person is also aware of that. Mm. Because what happens sometimes is we call somebody, we start venting, and then they try to fix our problems. Mm. And that's where we can get into like the toxic positivity territory or just feeling like there's conflict Mm. in that discussion. Mm. So somebody uh, said this on social media a while ago, and it's been going around of like, when you are going to vent to someone just saying, Hey, I need to vent. Is Mm. it okay if I just tell you what I went through today? And that way the other person has the power to say like, you know what? I really can't listen right now. Mm. Or like, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. And they know that you're not looking for solutions. Mm. You're just looking for someone to listen and say, yeah, wow, that sucks. Yeah. Expressing your need and expectation up front can be such a powerful like tool in relationships because otherwise if you just start venting to someone and they don't know what you're looking for, it does create a lot of frustration sometimes because then they start trying to yep. solve it or offer you solutions. And then that can be really frustrating because that's not what you're needing. And you feel like dismissed or like they're just trying to fix it for you. And on the flip side, you know, they don't know what to what you're hoping for. So they're just doing their best. And I've run into challenges with that. Like when I've walked through seasons of grief, I know there's been times with like a friend or a family member or whatever, if I was opening up to them, they would try to offer me perspective or solutions. And I was like, this feels so invalidating. And I couldn't figure <laughs> out why. And then I was talking to my therapist and she's like, well, did you communicate? to them that you just needed them to listen and be mad with you, you know, or vent with you or or listen to you vent. And I was like, no, I didn't communicate that up front. You think that would be helpful? She's like, yes, that would be helpful. (laughs) So (laughs) lessons learned, you know, you've kind of got to learn how to respond when you're on the supporting end, but also how to prep the person that you're looking to for support or listening or empathy or validation from the receiving end as well, you know, so, or from the, like, you know, the person needing support. Okay. One other question that I have is about toxic positivity in the family dynamics, specifically in parenting. I think this is something a lot of women would be curious about. And I I want to know how we can focus on helping to regulate instead of invalidating or practicing this toxic positivity. When we use toxic positivity with our children or with family members, I think it's often because we cannot tolerate the discomfort of Mm. sitting with their emotions or ours, especially when you have children and you want to fix what they're going through. Mm. And so I encourage parents to really come back to this place of like, my child's purpose in life is not to be happy all Mm. the time. I want them to understand how to feel emotions. I want them to know what to do when those feelings come up. And that means me modeling that. Mm. So of course, you know, you can take your kid to a place where they're able to cry or, you know, feel their emotions in a safe, appropriate way, but you Mm -hmm. can allow them to feel feelings and move through them. And you can show them that doing that is 
safe mm-hmm. and actually good. Yeah. And productive. Exactly. Yeah. That's so good. I think the encouragement to you to model that because you're right. Like I think it's really hard when you when you want the best for someone, when it's someone you love unconditionally, a spouse, a child, etc. Like it is really tempting to just want to fix stuff because you want it to be okay. And then it's like, but right. how is that really preparing them for the reality that at some point in their life, they're going to come up against things that can't just be fixed, that can't like mm-hmm. mom can't just come to the rescue and make it all better. There's certain things that are just so out of our control, whether that be grief or a heartbreak or something else. And it's like learning those skills on how to not even just master, but like navigate your emotions and work through them in a productive way is going to serve them so well once they get into the world and face the realities that sometimes things just go wrong, no matter what you try to do. Exactly. Yeah, that's so good. Super helpful. Okay, this has been so good. I feel like I could ask you a million more questions, but we just like (laughs) flew through them. You're just like on the ball. Okay, I would love to know for anyone who wants to learn more about this. And also, I think get all your resources. I feel like you have so much good stuff that you put out there. But when it comes to your book and where you hang out online, can you tell us where to get it and where to find you? Yes, you can find me on all social media networks at Sit With Wit. My website is sitwithwit.com. And my book, Toxic Positivity, is sold anywhere books are sold. You can also find it on my website and my social media accounts. You guys, this title is so good. It's Toxic Positivity, Keeping It Real in a World Obsessed with Being Happy. That is such a good subtitle. And also, I love Sit With Wit. That's perfect. Whitney, thank Thank you you. so much for being here. Thanks for everything that you've shared. Thank you for all the work that you do. We are so encouraged. I know I am, and I'm speaking for all the listeners and saying that. We've just really appreciated your time and everything that you've shared. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content. And it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University, that's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application.